Support for this podcast comes from San Francisco International Airport. At SFO, you can discover award-winning flavors and unique shops all before takeoff. Learn more about what's at SFO at flysfo.com. Hey, it's Avery Truffleman, host of Articles of Interest. And I've got to say, I've been a fan of KQED ever since I was a little kid, and I would come out to San Francisco to visit my grandma. It was just What we'd always turn on every time we got in the car, every time we were making dinner and turning on the radio, was always KQED. And then over the years, I've become a massive fan of KQED podcasts because this is local reporting at its best. These are answers to questions you've always wanted to know, interviews with exciting, unusual voices, necessary journalism, all told with love and care and artistry. And did you know that a majority of KQED's funding actually comes from members? It's just people like you and me supporting the programs they love while also getting access to cool events, behind-the-scenes footage, and so much more. If you want to sign up and be a part of this amazing community, visit donate.kqed.org slash podcasts to become a member today. That's podcasts with an S. Thank you for listening, and thank you for your support. From KQED. Since the very beginning of the pandemic, hospitals have struggled to secure protective equipment they've needed. Simple things like masks. And as more places in the Bay Area open up and people start going outside, frontline nurses and hospital staff who've been working this whole time are worried. To see the lack of resources um, is really, really frustrating. I mean, there are days that I'm scared for myself as an individual. For the most part, I just feel enormously sad and angry. The federal government failed, the state failed, to supply hospitals with enough protective equipment. Today we'll talk about how Bay Area hospitals were left to fend for themselves and who's more prepared to face the pandemic going forward. I'm Devin Kadiyama. Welcome to The Bay. I'm Sasha Koka, host of the California Report magazine. Every week, we bring you stories about what connects us in the giant, diverse Golden State. Because what happens in California changes the world. I love this place. We were once seen as, like, the place to be California. The land of milk and honey. That's where you go to Sunshine State. But we just have challenges right now. KQED's California Report magazine. New episodes drop every Friday, wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, what's up? I'm Erica Cruz-Guevara, the host of The Bay. Donations keep independent journalism alive and healthy. And you support outstanding journalism when you support KQED. So if you haven't yet, check out donate.kqed.org slash podcasts. That's donate.kqed.org slash podcasts with an S. Healthcare workers are very apprehensive. Molly Peterson is a science reporter for KQED. Even though uh, the surge didn't arrive, even though in the Bay Area we managed to flatten the curve, healthcare workers still see cases rising and the potential for more people to come into hospitals. And when there's more traffic in hospitals, there's a greater need for protective gear and PPE of all kinds, not just masks, but also gloves and uh, gowns and uh, all kinds of other things has been shaky, sometimes available and sometimes not. Just to walk around the hospital, just to walk around the ER, I wear, you know, scrubs, 
and I wear a mask and I wear glasses. So I don't necessarily wear goggles or a face shield all the time until I'm in contact with a patient. And then I wear a head covering. Diane Fagan is a charge nurse. She works part-time at Highland Hospital. She's been there for 16 years. And she says she's really worried about not having enough PPE in the future. No, I'm not afraid to go to work. I mean, I'm afraid that I'm not going to be able to keep up and provide good care because the lack of resources is my biggest fear. She says that in the emergency room when she's been there, she hasn't had what, what what someone would call a shortage. But they are in these hospitals conserving the use of these masks and gowns and gloves. I'm a reduced, reused, recycled person, but I'm going to be hard pressed to put my face in a mask that's been sterilized and used prior. You know, with an N95, you can use it over the course of several hours, and you can use it coming in and out of multiple rooms. That may or may not be ideal, but that's a thing they can do to preserve its its mm-hmm. life longer. But using it and then knowing it's dirty, having that sense of it being um, right. contaminated, and then having to try to disinfect it and reuse it, that's a scary thing, and that's a story we've heard nationally, actually. When I go into work, my fear is that, will I be able to keep up? Will I be able to take care of everyone that needs to be taken care of? Will I, and how long will we be able to like withstand this constant pressure of taking care of people with COVID-19? How long have nurses and hospital staff had to work like this? Since the very beginning of the pandemic, we got information from the state uh, where hospitals responded to a survey, a state did in January and in March. And the state said, hey, how are you feeling about your uh, protective gear and how much do you have on hand? And these facilities said, we don't have much on hand and we're a little worried about the supply chain. So there's been some kind of constraint, some kind of limitation on PPE availability for most of this year. This limitation over access to PPE remains the case today. That's despite the fact that counties are beginning to ease shelter-in-place restrictions. And that's part of the reason why hospitals and why nurses are beginning to worry all over again. There are days that I'm scared for myself as an individual. For the most part, I just feel enormously sad and angry that the resources for healthcare and the funds for healthcare have just been allowed to be decimated over probably at least a last generation and a half, if not a full two generations. Bay Area counties are starting to allow more businesses to reopen. More parks and places are going to start filling up with people. What do we know about how prepared hospitals are for this? Well, I was going to say, let's go back to um, when the counties said we're going to have a reopening plan. And this came also from Governor Newsom. The idea was that we'd follow these six indicators. And one of the indicators was, do hospitals have 30 days of equipment on hand? We need to make sure that that infrastructure uh, is protected and to make sure that those assets are well prepared. But some counties are making hospitals certify in writing that they have 30 days of supplies. Some counties are not making hospitals certify at all. And some counties are taking uh, verbal reports. Just they're saying, oh, okay, do you have it? Great. Um, But we know for a fact that the Alameda Health System has told us at KQED and has told Alameda County that they have just about two weeks of these supplies on hand, which is about what they had before the pandemic started. Wow. And so I imagine in the middle of a crisis, hospitals should be able to look to the federal government, maybe even to the state for assistance for things like this. Is that how it actually works? Well, that's not how it's working this time, because the federal government hasn't taken a leadership role in that. 
We know that the strategic national stockpile used to have masks in it, but after another pandemic 11 years ago, it never got replenished. There is not enough inventory to meet the needs of the doctors and the nurses. The U.S. has already dipped into the strategic national stockpile. At the state level, there weren't uh, many things in our stockpile in the way of protective gear. The state has tried to contract to support getting more masks, but those contracts have either been canceled or come through really, really, really slowly. At one point, the governor said we were going to get 200 million masks, and we haven't gotten it. We have secured, through a consortia of nonprofits and a manufacturer here in the state of California, upwards of 200 million masks. That's put a lot of pressure on counties to support these local healthcare facilities who say they're in trouble. And that leaves a lot of responsibility on counties, like Alameda County. How does a county like Alameda, where Diane works, get the masks and, and other protective equipment they need in the first place? Something that Alameda County has made possible for all healthcare facilities, from dentist offices and, uh, you know, skilled nursing facilities up to hospitals, is they basically have given these facilities the opportunity to submit requests, and they've been helping to fulfill them. It's this really obscure thing that I started hearing about a few months ago called a mohawk. And I, yeah, I thought of the haircut, but, um, but it's the Medical Health uh, Operational Area Coordinator, M-H-O-A-C, which is a, an office in the structure of emergency management. So everybody in California has declared an emergency. The counties, the state, the federal government has declared emergency. And when there's an emergency, we sort of stand up this emergency structure and everyone's got responsibilities. The medical health operational area coordinator, in addition to helping to report data to the state, also helps procure in some counties uh, this uh, protective gear for various medical facilities. We have been 99.9% able to, to get them what they need in the quantities that they are requesting. And where is this office for getting these requests? Who's in charge of that? It's a guy named Jim uh, Morrissey, who is uh, has a paramedic background and an emergency management background and is the guy who can get you something. Big orders are coming in um, and gallons of hand sanitizers and disinfectants and spray bottles and latex gloves. And we have about 18 things that, that we have passed out. Just goggles alone, we've passed out 15,000 sets of goggles over the last two months. For people who are old enough to remember, he kind of reminds me a little bit of, not in personality, but in job description, Radar O'Reilly from MASH, like the guy who can always find you um, the extra stuff that you need to keep your little medical hospital going. We're not any smarter than any other county. I think we just have more experience and, and more bandwidth with more resources available to dedicate to the response. And so how do hospitals work with Morrissey to get what they need? Hospitals submit a request uh, uh, through what is essentially a Google form, and his office receives these requests, prioritizes them, and, you know, they were so well-known for being able to respond to requests that they were getting uh, requests from outside of the county. We have received about 75 requests from out-of-county facilities, dental offices, hospitals. I got, I got a request from Modesto, Santa Ana. Which, of course, they can't fulfill because they're spending county money on county responsibilities. Wow. So if they're fulfilling so many of the requests, why can't they request, you know, more protective gear, enough to make that 30-day limit 
that the state and, and everybody's saying is so important? The long-term goal is for private companies and even um, facilities, uh, healthcare facilities, organized as non-for-profit to stand up on their own and be able to obtain their own supply chain. The government can't help people forever. Um, it was described to me sort of like, look, when we started having terrible wildfires that were unlike what we had in the past, of course we have to provide more support for them. But the, the goal is to help everyone adapt to be more resilient to disaster in the long run. Because local hospitals are left to figure out how to get protective equipment on their own, securing this equipment is easier for wealthier hospitals than public ones. So there isn't really a lot of equity. Counties respond to what hospitals raise their hands and say they need. And it's up to hospitals to sort of be responsible about attempting to get things on their own if they possibly can. This pandemic is revealing these great divides between richer and poorer healthcare facilities and who has access to them and what those facilities have. Like at Stanford, I spoke to the vice president of supply chain and they have a sense of how to be resilient in this kind of a crisis. They have suppliers who are strong and have strong connections to other places. Uh, they've got finances, they've got money, and they've got the ability to, to sort of change how they manage inventory. So maybe they buy whatever they can and they store more things on site. They shift wh where they're storing these materials. Not all hospitals operate that way. And so there are kind of public and quasi-public hospitals like the Alameda Health System that don't have a huge amount of cash on hand. And for them, it's a little bit more of a struggle. So with counties, you know, relaxing the shelter-in-place orders and quote-unquote opening up, more people are going to be going out. What does this mean for somebody like Diane Fagan, who works at Highland Hospital, where she's been, you know, reusing her cleaned masks? All this relief that we all feel from the idea of being able to go outside, all the good feeling of, hey, here comes 4th of July and uh, we're going to hit some summer and maybe we can go outside and try to relax. We've done the right thing and we've been cooped up for over 100 days. That's not something that the nurses are feeling. The data doesn't necessarily support that the, the first wave is over. The nurses are feeling an ongoing sense of concern because from their perspective, this isn't over yet. When I go into work, my fear is that will I be able to keep up? Will I be able to take care of everyone that needs to be taken care of? And how long will we be able to like withstand this constant pressure of taking care of people with COVID-19? Because this burden is something that no system is prepared for. They understand that everybody's sick of this, but they're sick of it too. And the way to get through it is not to give up so close to a place where we have a better sense of control. The state does say that it's speeding up delivery of its protective equipment. And the federal government said just this week that it's going to start to try to rebuild the stockpile in preparation for a national surge of COVID this fall. But Molly says healthcare workers she's talked to are skeptical that it'll happen. The Bay is produced by Erica Cruz Guevara and Alan Montecilio. I'm Devin Katayama. That's it for us. Talk to you next time. Hi there, I'm Randa Fattah from ThruLine. If you're listening to this podcast, you know that KQED produces exceptional storytelling that keeps you informed, inspired, and entertained. Their podcasts cover issues from your neighborhood to the entire country and everything in between. Support this work today.
You can help us continue to bring quality podcasts to your ears. Just head to donate.kqed.org slash podcast. That's donate.kqed.org slash podcast.